Hey guys, Shane here with the kickoff episode of my City of Champions podcast. I'll be speaking with local Edmontonians from the world of sports, business, and the arts, and I want to learn their stories, what drives them to succeed, and what methods they deploy to achieve that success. Today, I'm extremely excited for my first guest of the show. His name's Drew Stuvey. So Drew's an up-and-coming boxing sensation who also happens to give the sharpest haircuts in town at Mario's Original Barbershop. Uh, Drew and I had the conversation going quite a bit before we hit record on this, so please enjoy as we jump right in. So what got you into boxing in the first place? Like, hold on, let's back up, let's back. Tell me about your junior hockey. So juniors, I played uh, junior B as a 16-year-old yeah. in uh, Stony Plain. As a goalie? As a goalie, yeah. Okay. I was a goalie my so whole you're life. already crazy to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone says. But uh, I played as a 16-year-old in uh, Stony Plain. Mm-hmm. And then after that season, at the end of the season, I went to uh, it was a prospects camp in Las Vegas. So there's yeah. like 300 coaches from all around Canada and the States, just junior teams and college teams all around and just have a tournament and play. And then they watch you and they're walking around the whole weekend and they come and talk to guys, they're offering contracts. And then that's where I talked to that Dallas team. Yeah. And that's how I got the contract from them. So I honestly, Dallas is, they're a lot like Albertans over there. They're yeah. really oil field work driven. Yeah. Every single one of them over there, like you say, I'm from Alberta and they're like, Oh yeah, I've been there. I've I get that. There. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, people there are super friendly. I would live there any day of the week again. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I want to move back to the States. Yeah. So how was the season there? It was all right. We weren't the greatest team. Mm-hmm. And then I think by mid-season, we had four goalies. So I, uh, I asked for a trade at that point. And yeah. then, uh, I was just waiting on a trade, and I was just kind of looking around at my options. Mm-hmm. And I ended up talking to a different team. And so the league I played in is called the Vancouver Island Junior Hockey League after right. I left Dallas. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, it's Junior B, but the team I went to play for was the number one team in Canada. Yeah. So I figured, why not? So I, uh, That's Campbell River? Yeah. Yeah, when I switched over to Campbell River, that team had a had an awesome fan base. Like, we're yeah. getting 2,000 fans a game. So did you feel like a celebrity or what? Oh, yeah. And that everyone knew the team in that town. So, you know, you walk around with your... Campbell River Storm hoodie on and yeah. everyone in town's everyone knows they you. knows who you are and they come up and talk to you <laughs> and stuff. It was cool. Felt like you're like, oh, playing in the dub yeah. on a junior B team. So, And then what happened after that year? So what ended up happening was I played till uh, till Christmas and then I came back, spent Christmas with my family here and then I flew back. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I'd already been there for three, four months. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I went back after Christmas, I stayed till January. And then I got a call. I was supposed to play the day uh, the day I got the call from Hockey Canada. Mm-hmm. So we were out warming up, and then uh, my coach got the call saying that I couldn't finish the season in Campbell River because I played had originally played in the states at the beginning of the season. So they said you can't finish under Hockey Canada. So someone brought up some rule. They're covering their tracks, obviously, because they originally told me, "Yeah, you're good to go to play there." Yeah. Or else I wouldn't have left in the first place, right? Yeah, of course. So yeah, they my coach told me I'm sorry you can't finish the season so I had to go home and then uh, yeah my team went out and won the national championship and then uh, the national tournament was hosted here in Cold Lake Alberta yeah so I drove up and watched the boys win it all and then after, how hard was that oh, like was sitting and I don't know why I did it I just wanted to go see all the guys I made some really really good friends yeah. over there so I just went to see them and then yeah I watched the last game watched them all celebrate on the ice and I was just like oh just brutal and after that I was like I'm not I'm done hockey so that was it for you oh yeah that was that after that I just 
turned everything off for me. Yeah. Which is weird because at the beginning of that season, I would have went to freaking Mars to play, but right. by the end of the season, I just had enough. So then once you were done hockey, when did you move to Edmonton? So I moved back to Edson mm-hmm. that summer, and then I just worked for the summer and finished my high school and stuff. And then uh, I moved to the city after that. Mm-hmm. And then originally I was taking business at Nate, and yeah. I just, I didn't like it at all. And uh, so when I first moved to the city is when I kind of got into the barbering thing. Uh, me and my roommate, he was too cheap to pay for haircuts. <laughs> he had a kind of a shitty job and wasn't making much money to yeah. pay for rent and stuff. So I, I had these old wall clippers my mom get, used to buzz my head with when, yeah. for me when I was a kid. And uh, I used to try to do my own sides of my hair. And then finally one day he's like, yo, you want to give me a haircut? And I was like, okay, I can try. Yeah. So I used to just part his hair on the one side. I'd take it right short up the one side and then same on the other. And then just leave it long on top for him to do whatever. And then full year straight, I gave him a haircut yeah. once a week. Just like, the one guy? Just your roommate? Yeah, just my roommate for yeah. a while. And then uh, a couple of my other buddies saw I started getting not bad. And then... Yeah. So yeah, we'd be we'd be at our apartment on a Friday night having a few drinks before we go out, and we'd have one too many, and the boys would be like, "Give give me a quick haircut before we go out." So I'd give the boys a get I the mean, clippers they were, out. They weren't very good haircuts. No, they call me the backyard barber. That's what my friends call me. The backyard barber. Backyard barber. Cause Has that name stuck with you? A little bit, not yeah. as much now because my haircuts are <laughs> a bit nicer than the backyard barber yeah. ones, but. Well, yeah, that's kind of how it started, and then uh, so I did that for a full year, and then got good. Started doing a few of my buddies, and then uh, I didn't like business at all at Nate, and so I got out of that, and yeah. I was just upgrading at the time, and had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So one of my good friends in Edson actually, he took this barber program downtown. It's called Mister Barber School, mm-hmm. and uh, he ended up doing that, and he opened his own shop in Edson. So I talked to him about it, and he convinced me to go try the barber school, and I finally. Originally, I'd wanted to do it, but my parents told me, like, like you're not going to make a living doing that, blah, right. blah, blah. And then, yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so they said, okay, we'll let you give it a try. Yeah, you may and as well then, try uh, something, right? Exactly, and then I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just ended up being really good at it. Mm-hmm. So I finished the schooling in about a month, and then uh, they hooked me up with a job. After that, I worked for them for six, seven months, and then... Uh, so that shop was on the south side, and then I just wasn't making enough money over there. wasn't enough traffic coming through, so that's yeah. when I went. And originally, I had went to Rob and Rob's shop. Uh, Mario's where I'm at now. Yeah, I got my hair cut there a few times before I went to barber school, and I always thought in my head I wanted to work at that shop. Just really, it's such a nice shop. What about it? I, just, I don't know. I just I like the setup in there. I like the lo- the locations on Rio, like right yeah. downtown, right on that busy street. I always wanted to work there. Actually, I called Rob the day I finished barber school to see if he was hiring, but he wasn't. Yeah. So that's when I got the job with uh, the guys from the barber school. And then, yeah, the day I went and applied there, he's like, yeah, I was actually going to put a Kijiji ad up today. So no way. The job, he looked at my haircuts. He thought it looked all right. He said, yeah. uh, let me know by tonight if you want it. The job's yours. So yeah, so, yeah I took that and been working there since things have been going good so how does that work you just like show them a few pictures on your phone and like yeah exactly i had a bunch of my my pictures and my haircuts i did at my old shop and then uh so we did like an interview haircut yeah so he'll come in and watch you do a haircut and oh, okay stuff. yeah it's kind of nerve-wracking but does he sit right there like stand over sit right there exactly but you could feel his eyes on you from yeah a little ways away watching you it wasn't as bad that time as the first time right when i was at a barber school i had to go I drove right, right when I finished, I drove right from the barber school to this shop and did a interview haircut. Mm-hmm. And that was like before I had like really any haircut experience, just whatever I did in school. And that was pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. But I banged it out and got the job. So 
And then now, now just, it's easy now. And do you like the whole process of sort of like getting to know people? Like oh, yeah. And the repeat customers? It's, it's awesome. I love talking to tons of different people, you know, yeah. see what people are doing, just hear what, what they have to say. And So tell me what Mario's is a little bit like. Like, I've been there a bunch of times, and Tanya pretty much like just... It's different working you know. with these guys, because we it's like we're a team. We're not co-workers. Like, mm-hmm. me, Rob, Frank, and Tanya, and then the new girl, Emma, she's... She's still kind of making her place in there, but... When uh, did she start? She started two months ago. Okay. I haven't even yeah. seen her in there. Yeah, she doesn't work very much, so I think she's only there two or three days a week. But yeah, I, I really like working with these guys. It's it's different. We work together, so Tanya, she's the hairstylist, so say a long haircut comes in that mm-hmm. wants layers and all that, which I'm not the best with, mm-hmm. I'll pass it on to her and then say like a fade, a zero fade comes in, he wants some designs on the side, she'll pass it to me. So that's why what I really like her like say like someone needs really nice beard details Frank's the master with his blade so yeah he'll do that so it's just it's great we all work work as a team and yeah it works a lot better that way whereas if we were trying to see like who's gonna do the most clients and trying to steal each other's clients yeah of course lots of shops work like that because they're not busy like we are right so we don't have to fight over who gets the next haircut because we always got another one coming in whereas lots of other shops it's like trying to do this guy quick so I can take the next one and get his money and the next guy's money. And yeah. Yeah, you guys are, I don't think I've ever been in there when there's not at least one or two people in line. Sometimes there's seven people in line. Oh yeah, always man, we're lucky that way. How does that transition into boxing? So like at what point did you decide this is what I want to do? So I was just, so I moved to the city and then I was doing weights. I got really into fitness for a bit after I quit hockey. Mm-hmm. So when I moved back from Canberra River, I'd been partying a lot there. I was the backup. So mm-hmm. I just party, party, party. I won't play. It's all good. They loved me over there. So yeah. I just, oh, we were partying way too much. Anyways, I gained a bit of weight. I was kind of chubby when I got back. So I said, I'm going to get into fitness. So I started, I downloaded one of those apps and just started counting my calories. Yeah. And so over the summer, I just got in really good shape and lost a bunch of weight and then once I got to the city I started doing a bit of bodybuilding yeah and I got pretty jacked for a bit there actually me and my my roommate at the time that I was giving those haircuts to he's he's really big into bodybuilding now he's huge Mm -hmm. but me and him uh, we worked out and cooked all our meals together worked out super strict every day I did that for like six months Rick I was so when I got back I'd say I was like 230 pounds and I got down to about 190 and then I got back up to about one or two fifteen, but mm-hmm. like just muscle. So would you say you're naturally like your body? Oh, I've always been like over two hundred pounds. Always. Really? I've been over two hundred pounds since I was probably 15, 16 years old. So you're definitely not what they call a hard gainer. No, you can. You can oh, gain. No, oh, I could gain weight so easily. It's hard for me to stay like at my fight weight. Yeah. It's not now. I'm getting more used to it. Right. But, uh, so then you're doing that a lot of a lot of the bodybuilding and then what what happened what triggered like hey I want to get see I was doing the bodybuilding and then I just kind of got bored of weights I just had no motivation anymore and then so I said hey I always I was always into fighting I fought a lot growing up like I'd been arrested a few times in high school I'd been suspended a few times from school I just. I used to have a fight on YouTube, actually. I think it had 1.5 million views. Yeah. Wow. So you've been doing this for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been fighting for a while. I I just always really liked fighting. I don't know why. It 
it was, it's fun to me. Yeah. So then, uh, so yeah, I went and joined one of those UFC gyms, it's called. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Is that I the made, one in Sherwood Park? Yeah, yeah, I went to the one in Sherwood Park. I made really good buddies with their head trainer. He's a pro MMA fighter. And uh, me and him ended up getting a place together for a bit. Okay. So uh, I was giving him free haircuts, and he was charging me uh, 30 bucks an hour to train me. Nice. Which is, is that dirt, good? Dirt cheap. What's it normal fighter, cost? Like normal would be 120 an hour. Come on. Yeah. So okay. Good deal. Dirt cheap. Yeah. So I trained with him for four or five months and then I was just doing those sparring classes. I, I was doing kickboxing at this time, yeah. not boxing. So I was doing that and then just doing the sparring classes at the UFC gym. I wasn't really taking it serious. I wasn't dieting. I was just, right. you know, going three, four, five days a week. Right. I just thought it was fun. Something different. Instead yeah, of exactly. And then uh, what happened, he took me to the pro fights in Edmonton. It's called Unified MMA. Mm-hmm. They have it over at the Capilano Conference Center there. So it was the first time I've ever been in any live fights. And mm-hmm. the second I walked through those doors, I was like, there's no way I'm not doing this. So yeah. I was like, this is so cool. Just the vibes in there. The, just got the just edge. the way everyone's just so excited. And oh, it was unreal. So yeah, I said, man, I'm doing this. Like, I'm going to fight. So after that... He uh, ended up getting a couple fights back home. He was from PEI. So mm-hmm. he moved back home, and I didn't really have anyone to train with anymore. So uh, my, you've, have you seen my boxing club? It's r- right by my shop. Yeah, I've driven by yeah, there. So I times. drove by there like yeah. every day after work. What's and, it called? Uh, Westchester. Westchester, and it's on what, 109th? 109th Street and 106th Ave. Yeah, I passed by there a yeah. few times. So, uh, yeah, we I drove by there every day, and then finally one day I just went and popped in there. And, yeah, I just... I made really, really, really good friends with the coach. We're super close now. Uh, he's an older guy. He's in the Canadian Boxing Hall of Fame. What's his name? His name's Leo Marsh. Okay. Awesome, awesome coach. Yeah. Knows knows his shit, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, so I joined there, and then I trained for... So I think I joined there at about Christmas, and I trained from Christmas till March, so December, January, February, March, so three, three and a half months, and mm-hmm. then that's when I had my first fight. Yeah. And I actually had my first fight at the Golden Gloves competition, so that's like the biggest competition of the year. Was that at the shot? No, no, was that's it? where they have the pro fights. This is oh, just okay. amateur. Okay. So that was in Calgary at the Deerfoot Casino. Yeah. And yeah, so I won my first fight there at the at the Golden Gloves. How'd you win? Uh, I went all three rounds, but yeah. oh, it wasn't even close. Like, so, so walk walk me through that first fight, like from the moment you like walked down into the ring, and then like when I, you know they uh, announced just, your names, like was it all just a blur? Uh, no, I remember it perfectly, man. It was awesome. I don't know. It was my first fight. I wasn't nervous. Yeah, I used to get super, super nervous before hockey games. Like I'd be standing in the net before puck drop, and my legs would just be shaking. I'd really? be so nervous, but. When it comes to fighting, I don't get nervous like that. Yeah. And I think hockey being a goalie really helped with my the individual pressure. Yeah. Because fighting is all on you, but goalie pretty much is too. I mean, you you're on the team, but you're standing there in the net alone the whole time. Yeah. You're like you're sitting there, you're in your head talking to yourself like it's basically all Dude, alone. I can't even imagine like So yeah, I think being a goalie definitely helped with that. Yeah. And then uh so yeah, I just, I wasn't nervous. Like I said, for my first fight, I was just super, super amped up and excited. Like I remember we first walked up and I first, he just announced my name. I walked into my corner and I was bouncing around and my coach tapped me. He says, calm down, save your energy. <laughs> so I just, You're too excited. Just settle down. Yeah. And then, yeah, so they, and then my coach told me after, he said, make sure you throw the last, throw the first punch and throw the last punch. That's all you got to worry about really? in your first amateur fight. Wow. So just, just simple like that. Yeah. Simple like that. Did you so keep I, that in your mind oh, or, yeah. or were you trying right to off kill the, the guy? Bat, man, I charged him right yeah. off the bat and just started punching him after yeah. that. And then, yeah, the fight went really well. I fought super technically. And then, uh, 
Yeah, I beat him. It wasn't even close. Unanimous decision. Was he so. experienced? Uh, he had no. We both had no fights. Okay. He had both exact same amount of training. As yeah. Me, but he was a weight class above me. Right. So I was supposed to fight. I fight at one seventy eight. The guy I was supposed to fight ended up. He had like six fights. So my coach said, "No, we're not taking that." Cause yeah. It's my first fight. Of course. So yeah, they said we got this guy. He's one eighty five. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, you could come up and fight him if you want. So I just said sure. Whatever. Seven pound difference. Yeah. Now is that a lot in a boxing ring? It is. But yeah. I mean, that fight went well, and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm continuing. Oh yeah. This. So that fight went it went awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I just continued training, and then got another one lined up for, and then uh, so that was in Edmonton. This one was a lot different. So mm-hmm. I had uh, it was my first fight here in Edmonton, and I had probably at least thirty of my buddies coming out to watch. Yeah. So yeah, I got there. It was just one fight before mine, and uh, so yeah, I look look at the crowd, and there's you know, there's a good thirty of my buddies, all my coworkers, my dad came up, my grandpa came up, everyone from my gym. Yeah, like I had that whole place just buzzing with my fans. So right. yeah, I had all my boys chanting for me when I came out. So I'm not gonna lie, I was I was nervous as hell before this fight. So the nerves kicked in for oh, this. Yeah. One. <laughs> oh yeah, I just I did not want to lose in front of everyone. I was yeah. like, there's no way I can lose in front of everyone. So I went out first round. I, mean, I was a bit shaky. I I'm, I can honestly say I lost the first round for sure. Mm-hmm. I just I just wasn't throwing punches. I was getting caught. I didn't realize off the bat too he was a southpaw, which makes the world a difference. Right. So was that your fault or was it was it? my fault? It was partially my coach's fault too. I mean he should have said he should have noticed that and said something. But do you guys review like video before these fights? Or? Sometimes it depends. The last guy fought we did because we had video of him, but like right. this guy was from Winnipeg, so okay. I didn't really know any uh, anything of him. Okay. But uh, anyways, yeah. So I lost the first round, and then uh, I came out in the second. I came out really strong in the second. I'd mm-hmm. say the second was close, but I'd I'd say I won it for mm-hmm. sure. And then yeah, I came out in the third. I remember I remember going back to my corner, and I just. I thought in my head, I'm like, shit, I'm losing this fight. I'm going to lose this fight. I need right. to go out this round and do whatever I can. So, yeah, I went out that round, and uh, I stopped him, like, I think with 20 seconds left mm-hmm. in the fight. And, yeah, I had him. I remember I had him up in the corner, and I was just on. Unlo- there was a brawl. This fight just turned into a brawl. Right. Completely different from my first fight. My first fight was all technical, which is weird for being your first fight. Usually right, it's yeah. a brawl. But, yeah, so this one was an all-out brawl. And I ha- finally I got him in the corner, and I was just – I remember I was just throwing punches, throwing punches, and I kind of seen, like, I could barely breathe at this point. Yeah. And I kind of seen out of the corner of my eye, the ref was, like, coming closer, like he was going to stop it. Yeah. So I just told myself, don't stop, don't stop, just keep going. Like, I literally felt like I was going to die, and finally the ref comes in and breaks it up. Yeah. And I remember after, I just leaned over the ropes, and I just (laughs) couldn't even breathe after that, but... Was it uh, like body shots, head shots? Oh, everything. Everything? And the guy's just turtling? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just throwing haymakers so when that happened you just and that's like you took the fight as long as it could go like 20 seconds left yeah and you knew how good was that feeling knowing you won versus having to be announced that was the best feeling man knowing that oh i I can't even explain that feeling like everyone there too watching like there's no feeling like that in the world right and you're just body so exhausted you just i took uh, I think two weeks off after that fight. Yeah. Like honestly, I couldn't even move my body after that. Yeah. Like just throwing all those punches is hard. It's so much different than from like when we spar in the gym and yeah. stuff. When you're actually throwing a punch and trying to hit a guy as hard as you can, like it just it takes so much out of you. Like right. I, the next day, I couldn't even freaking walk. Yeah, I took a bit of a beating that fight too. Like it was a good fight. He was a tough kid. So you're you're like you're three and zero now. So you've never you've never had the experience of like 
feeling shitty after a fight not yet. and also having lost like at least when yeah. you're feeling shitty you know you still won yeah, still so it's all worth it right? Right? yeah exactly I know that's the thing I, I still have I've, I've taken some beatings I'll, I'll give you that and then so fight three how'd that one go so you went from technical fight to three, brawling yeah, so I fought this guy from Lloyd Minister I knew going into this fight it was going to be an easy fight I had footage of him from his last fight he was out of shape. He was shorter than me. Had way heavier than me, though. His last fight, I think he fought at 200 or 195. Yeah. So, yeah, he has a good 15 pounds on me. But, uh, yeah, so I went into that fight fairly confident. I didn't even see him at the weigh-ins, honestly. I showed up to the weigh-ins a little bit late. My car broke down that day, like, while I was driving up to the fight. So yeah. I was working on my car all day. Yeah. So, yeah, I... Uh, didn't get disqualified, though. So, actually, so when I first finally saw him... He he walked by me and we were outside. Uh, so there, there's like the banquet room with the ring and stuff where everybody's watching. And then there's the hallway and then there's like the room where we're all practicing, getting ready to fight. Right. So we walked by each other and he kind of like smirked at me and gave me a wink. And I just told him, you're going down, bud. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so he was laughing at me and my buddy. We were lined up, ready to go. And he was just standing there laughing at me. Yeah. So I told him, you're not going to be laughing in 10 minutes. Yeah, we went Did out. Did the hockey player chirps come out a little bit? Like, uh, hockey guys are notorious for... The thing is about amateur boxing is they hate showboating. They hate the chirping. Yeah. They hate all... It's, they want it to be as professional as possible. Which is ironic because it's amateur. Yeah, which which is weird, right? Whereas pro boxing is yeah. all about putting on a show. The hype. What's your, your next fight is when? So my next fight should be in September. Right. September 24th, I believe, we're heading down to Arizona. Okay. In the States. Yeah. Yeah, we had this team come down. Uh, they fought at our card back in back in May. They fought at our card, so they invited us to come fight at their gym now. Okay. So what's the training process like when you're going into one of these fights? Like, So w- what does it look like? Three months out your... So three what? months, hard training. Hard obviously. training? Hard like, sparring, like beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. Every night, running. Yeah. And is that as go bag work, all that stuff, just what we're always doing. Now, is that as much to train like your muscles and your endurance as much as it is to get used to taking a punch? What do you mean? Well, like if you're beating the crap out of each other, like, you know, you're training to like hit someone hard, but is it also to train you to be able to like take punches and understand like what happens to you when you get rattled? Yeah. Because it can't be easy getting like it's not, man. That's why you got to put in those sparring rounds. Honestly, I think that's what helps the most. I think right now, as of yesterday, I'm at 200 sparring rounds since I joined this gym. Right. So that's not bad. Six months, 200 rounds. It's quite a bit, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd like to even put in more work than I, than that. It's good now we got another gym. Just yesterday we had uh, the Southside Boxing Club. They came over. They've been coming over and sparring with us. So we're starting to get some good rounds in, oh, getting okay. to spar against some other guys. Yeah. But okay. it's, it's getting good between me and my sparring partner now. We're starting to get a rhythm with each other. We know how each other fight. Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's getting better and better each time. And then if you've got tape on a guy before a fight, like how much how much altering of your style, if you even have a style, like what would you say your style is? My style? Honestly, yeah. I could honestly say I fight a little bit like McGregor, I guess. Okay. As a boxer, you know, kind of upright. I fight more on the outside. I got long arms, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to stay on the outside. I use my jab a lot. My best part of my fight game is my jab. Mm-hmm. My jab is lethal. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really good. But yeah, <laughs> Wait, I don't change said, my style so much. It's someone more, said to me once it's seventy percent jabs. Is that true? Oh yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, like I just fought a heavyweight last night. 
we were sparring. It was basically a fight. Like, when those guys come from those other gyms, it's not light sparring. We go hard. Right. And Everyone's just kind of trying to kill the other was, guy? Yeah, exactly. He was jacked, man. Like, yeah. Big, big guy. Way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just kicked his ass. He just couldn't get around that jab. Nice. And it just it makes the world a difference. That's another thing people don't understand in fighting is it's not size. Size has nothing to do with it. It's all skill and technique. Yeah. But mainly what I try to use is my jab just because mm-hmm. my arms are so long. Stay on the outside, hit him with the jab, right, yeah. hooks, just long arms. That's what you're going to want to do. But you'll right. change that up, say, if I'm fighting another guy with just as long of arms, maybe you'll want to try and get on the inside. Or, yeah. But if I'm fighting a little powerful guy with small, short arms, you want to stay on the outside the whole time. Yeah. Because all he's going to be doing is trying to fight me on the inside, right? Yeah. Because if he tries to fight me on the outside, he won't touch me because right. my arms are just too long. You're like seriously into this, hey? Like you're you're pursuing this as like a career. Hey? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm, I don't want to screw around. I want to do it for real. So how did how does that look? Like you're three and zero now, and you've got another fight coming up in September. Like is this just you keep hitting one after another and just keep yeah, building just and building, keep going and keep getting that fight experience? I want to get as much of that ring experience as I possibly can before I want to try and go pro. What's the turning pro like? Like, what does that involve? So turning pro, all that really means is you're making money. Yeah. You're getting paid to fight. Okay. That's what pro means. So in order to do that, I just, I've already, like, my last, my fight, not my last fight, my fight before that in Edmonton, Edmonton, yeah, the, you know, the KO boxing? Yeah. Yeah, so his name's Milan, the guy who runs that. Right. He was at our fights, actually, I guess he called my coach. Is that, that's Jelena's trainer, right? (coughs) Milan? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Milan called my coach and said that he really liked my fight and my other buddy's fight and said mm-hmm. he's going to keep watching us and told him, you know, maybe down the road. Just from the shadows. <laughs> yeah. Maybe down the road we'll get a pro contract or something. So that'd be pretty sweet. That's pretty so good. Does, so how does that work though? Like who who offers the contract? Who pays you? Like how is the money so made? So honestly, I haven't really looked into it lots. Like right. I'm still just getting started. But from what, I've, what I know so far is... Mm-hmm you'll get a promoter that'll come and offer you a contract and say, look, you fight for me because right. you're making that money. Right. And the reason he liked me obviously is because I had all those people there watching and screaming and all the right. hype. He said, yeah. this, this kid could make me money. Right. Yeah. That's all they look at. Is, yeah. is this guy going to bring in fans? Is he going to, is he so, going to sell tickets? Yeah. So it's in your best interest to like promote your brand and really exactly. like get people interested and follow. Exactly. That's how my coach told me. This is how you do how you get rich when you go to your pros is you make a ton of fans in your amateurs yeah. that want to watch you and they will follow you into your pros. He right. said by the time he went pro he had buses full of fans. Really? And that's how you make money because when you go pro you get I think you get fifty percent of every ticket you yeah. sell. That's unreal. So yeah, that's why I'm really happy with the barbershop thing. That could help a lot when I go pro. I mean Absolutely. sell tickets at the shop. Yeah. And you guys get how many people in there in a day? Like a hundred? Yeah, exactly. Right? I yeah. mean if I could sell even five tickets a day, that's however much a ticket is, twenty bucks a ticket, it's fifty bucks in my pocket right there. You're killing it, man. You're yeah. doing it. This is awesome. You're gonna need an agent soon. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about McGregor Mayweather. Like what are your thoughts on the fight? Honestly, I love Conor McGregor. I think he's unreal. His attitude is, it's nuts how someone can be that confident in themselves. Like, I, I strive to be like that, like that guy. Like, but saying that, he will never, ever beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring. No? No. Never. Okay. You're There's, calling it no no chance. No, no chance. He's been bo- he's been boxing for 20 years. Boxing is not I I know this just I've been doing it for almost a year now and yeah. boxing is not a sport you just pick up in 6 months and 
right. you can move like Floyd Mayweather. Like, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way. And the only way you'll understand that is if you go and try and do it. You will realize the rhythm of the footwork and your head movement and your hand speed and all that. It'll never, his will never live up to Mayweather's. Okay. Not, at least not for 20 years. <laughs> right. So, what if McGregor plays a little underhandedly and tries, you know, toes the See, line? That's, that's and- the thing, though. That's the beauty of fighting is. I'm not going to say he has zero chance because yeah. it's a fight, right? Yeah. I mean, you get one lucky hit on the chin and he knocks him out. Yeah. Okay, but he'll, he'll never beat him in points for sure. Right, because so fighting is one of... The only possible way he could beat him is he's got to knock him out within the first four rounds. Yeah. Because you think he'll way. tire out otherwise? Yeah, for sure. And Mayweather, just he won't. So what if what if Mayweather uh, McGregor like clinches up and you know throws a couple dirty hits and like gets Floyd off his game? Like, do you think... Do you think Floyd can be rattled like that? Uh, See, I think it's going to be the other way around. I think it's going to be him trying to do this dirty shit or throw his punches or his left, and he's just not going to be able to touch Floyd. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be McGregor who's going to be frustrated. Interesting. Because Floyd just moves so quick, man. Like, you watch his counter punch, his signature move is the guy will throw a punch, and he'll pop back and then instantly counter punch him. Right. He does it so fast. It's like, oh. Yeah. This guy's insane. <laughs> so what percentage chance do you think that uh, McGregor gets disqualified? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been talking about that with a few clients too. I, uh, do you put it at like 20% like, chance? No, no. I'd not that much? Maybe like a 1% or 2%. That, that's it, I eh? think it's low. I mean, he's not an idiot. They right. have it in the contract that if he does anything, he's getting sued for everything he owns and he won't get a single penny of the purse. Right. So I mean, what if he gets disqualified? Yeah, if he gets disqualified, he won't get a dollar from that. Fight. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that. That's, so I mean, why would you do that, right? That's a lot of pressure. The only on the ref thing though. I was thinking is the odds of that happening. I think were a thousand to one. You mm-hmm. could bet on it. So I think the only way him doing that is go get all his buddies to yeah, bet on it. Exactly. And you put a dollar down, you make a grand. So. Yeah. But still, that's still, a lot. That's, that's a lot of bets and then to that get would to. Would ruin him after. He would never yeah. get a fight again after that. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure on the ref, though, too, right? Like, exactly. No, he's gonna watch close. Yeah, holy shit, man! For like, sure, I it 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 baffles me. I think I'm just excited to see. I'm what just happens. excited it's happening. Like, yeah. it's just it's, I couldn't believe it actually happened. I said yeah. at the beginning, oh, that'll never happen. It's just all talk, but I, they made it happen. It's it's crazy. It's a weird situation though, where Floyd's actually fighting a guy who McGregor is telling him like, if this were a real fight, I would kill you. Like, I would kill yeah, you. And, and it's, it's true. true. It is right? true. He would beat him anywhere but in a boxing room. Yeah. Okay, so I got a random question for you. But if you could have three people over for dinner, host them, anyone, could be athletes, could be, you know, artists, could be musicians, who would you have over and why? I would have Conor McGregor there, 100%. <laughs> I understand that guy's a character. More. I need to meet him in person. <laughs> uh, Conor McGregor, Gervonta Davis. He's a boxer. He's actually Floyd's uh, protege right now. Oh, really? Really cool guy. I like yeah. him a lot. He's probably one of my favorite boxers. Young guy? Yeah. What's his record right now? His record, I think he's 25-0, and 0, Yeah. 23-0, and 0, something like that. He's the IBO world champ. What's IBO? IBO is it's like one of the f- different boxing federations. Honestly, I don't understand how it all works. It's like five different ones. You get paid belt. to think, man. You get paid yeah. to fight. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? I just... I just go in there and win the belt. I don't, yeah. I don't pay attention. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So let's go McGregor, Javante Davis, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. So you can narrate the whole thing? Yeah, exactly. I've always been a fan of him. 
Cool, man. You got any questions for me? Oh, that's here. Good. Okay, Drew Stuvey, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. First guest on the uh, Shane Fantasy Podcast, episode one. Uh, where can people follow you on Instagram, learn a little bit more about you and your fights? So yeah, you can follow me at uh, drew.stuvey, so D-R-E-W dot S-T-U-V-E. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Cool, man. All the best in uh, your training, and uh, I'll see you for my next haircut. You betcha. <laughs> All right, ciao, thanks man. Thanks a lot, bro.